Yeah. Hello, my ass. Who this nigga up on that neck? Oh, Stephen, you have nails for breakfast. What's the matter? Why you so honored? You miss me? Huh? Oh, yes, sir. I miss you like a like a whole miss flop, like a like a, a baby. Miss Mammy Titty. <laughs> I miss you like I miss a rock in my shoe. <laughs> now, I asked you who this nigga on that name? It's Snowball. Don't know my name or the name of my horse. You ask me. That's who the hell you calling Snowball, horse boy? I'll snatch your black ass off that name down here in the mud so fast. Oh, Steven, 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 Steven. Let's keep it funny. Django here's a Freeman. This nigga here? That nigga there. Let me at least introduce the two of you. Django, this is another cheeky black bugger like yourself, Steven. Steven, this here's Django. You two ought to hate each other. Calvin, just who the hell is this nigga you feels the need to entertain? Django and his friend in gray here, Dr. Schultz, are customers. And they are our guests, Stephen. And you, you old decrepit bastard, ought to show them every hospitality. You understand that? Yes, sir. Him, I understand. But I don't know why I got to take lip yeah, off this nigga. No, I have to know why. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I, I understand. I'm well, good. Let's spin a knot. Go up in the guest bedroom and get too ready. He's going to stay in the big house? Stephen, he's a slaver. It's different. In the big house. Well, you got a problem with that? Oh, no, I ain't got no problem with it. If you ain't got no problem with running the bed, the sheets, the pillowcase, everything else when this black-ass motherfucker's gone. Now, that gone. is my problem. They are mine to burn. Now, your problem right now is making a good impression. And I want you to start solving that problem right now and get them goddamn rooms ready. Yes, sir, Miss Yuki. Go on now. I can't believe you brought a nigga to stay in the big house. Your daddy rolling over in this goddamn grave right now. It's getting worse and worse. Tell me why they envy me. Lord, I pray you defend me from my enemy. Defend me from my enemy. Defend me from my enemy, yeah. Defend me from my enemy. Defend me, no, no, no. Two I'm like, I said, God, tell me, babe. White women were not passive bystanders to the slave economy. They were co-conspirators. They bought, sold, and owned slaves. In fact, about 40% of the slave owners were white women. The more slaves a woman had, the more power she held. Parents gave their daughters more enslaved people than land. So, to a white Southern woman, owning slaves became tied to her very identity. This is the true story of how white women treated their black slaves. Slavery in the U.S. lasted for more than 400 years, and in that time, the system shaped generations and generations of people, a system that created this psychological distortion. 
white people dominated the country. They created a violent and oppressive system to terrorize the black community. They used lynchings, beatings, and savage treatment to torment the masses. Even when there wasn't violence, there was segregation. Communities, housing, and the criminal justice system used discriminatory policies. Racism pervaded all aspects of American society. White families gained huge amounts of material benefits and privileges from this racial hierarchy. Before the Civil War in the South, American white women couldn't vote. When they got married, the husband became the head of the household, and the woman was the heart of the home. Women were considered the property of their husbands. Their mobility and freedom were severely limited. For example, if a woman wanted to travel, she would need a male chaperone. The abuse was considered a normal way to control a woman. They were expected to remain cheerful, pleasant, obedient, and faithful, while their husbands had affairs and female slaves. These women knew that the mixed-race slave children on their properties were their husbands' offspring. That's why many white women wanted freedom of their own, power to turn the narrative. That's where slavery came into play. Most people know that George Washington had slaves. They took care of his Mount Vernon home, but very few people know that Martha, his wife, was the one who drastically increased the slave population there. When the couple got married in 1759, George owned about 18 slaves, but Martha owned 84. The high number of people Martha owned might be unusual, but the fact that she had black slaves is not. She and many other white women were violent and active participants in the slave trade. Having many enslaved people increased a woman's chances of finding a good husband. After marriage, white women went to court to keep legal ownership over their slaves, and in many cases, they won. That's because, for women, slavery was their freedom. In the past, historians believed that white women didn't have a significant role in slavery. They based their conclusions on the writings of a small group of white women from the South. However, Jones Rogers, an associate professor of history at the University of California, Berkeley, used a different source, interviews with black people, real evidence that gave her a better look at what happened during the time of slavery. We were slaves all our lives. Your mother was slaves. Your sister was slaves. Father was slaves. They know nothing about me. Right now. All that I know, the teachers mind your master and your mission. These interviews were part of the Federal Writers Project, a branch of the Works Progress Administration. The truth is, white girls were taught how to become slave owners at a very young age, when they were just nine months old. They grew up in a world that showed them how to control, own and master enslaved people. First, you didn't have no beds when you were slaves. You want to slip on the floor. Had a tin, had a down. Just like a, a lot of uh, wild people, we didn't, we didn't know nothing. Didn't like looking no book. Many of their family members, even their female cousins, friends, mothers, and grandmothers, were teaching these young women how the world works. They have this property. And once they get married, this property will belong to their husband, unless they are willing to do something about it. And if that husband is a loser, so are you. So, young girls were trained to make sure that whatever happened in their lives, they would need to ensure their success. When a white woman was old enough to have slaves, she could use her social standing to uphold and sustain that power. She could dictate the lives of those she owned and could verbally or brutally exploit her servants. What many people today may not realize is that Southern households did their best to reproduce slave society. They wanted more servants at a lower cost. White women born during these periods, whether boys or girls, would watch their parents exert dominion over their black servants. They were taught to mimic their behaviors. They were ready, smart, calculated. They knew exactly what they were doing. The book, They Were Her Property, gives us clear examples of how life back then actually looked like. 
The first chapter starts with Lizzie Anna Burwell, a three-year-old who demands her father cut the ears of a black servant and get her a new maid from Clarksville. Her father would then give the girl more slaves as gifts so that they would become her property. The book reveals how women in the antebellum South could actively possess property and, in turn, lay claim to owning black servants. Legally married women were not recognized as property owners due to the coverture doctrine. This meant that a married couple was seen as having one legal identity belonging to the husband. In Stephanie McCurry's works, Women's War and Confederate Reckoning, the coverture mirrored the private authority slaveholders held over black servants. Women had limited legal and political standing, and any attempts they made in this regard were met with significant resistance. Jones Rogers acknowledged that coverture often restricted married white women, but she also explained that Southern families frequently bypassed or overlooked these restrictions. Families could transfer property to daughters or other female relatives under the condition that it would remain separate from marital assets. Southern women could, and did, create what we now refer to as prenuptial agreements, or documents like deeds of trust, deeds of gift, and wills, which granted the wife control over all the property she already possessed or would acquire during her marriage. In Louisiana, women could ask the court to establish separate marital estates if their husbands exhibited imprudent financial management. For example, if their husband failed to budget their expenses, accumulated debt, spent too much, etc. In other words, there were two distinct systems that coexisted, a genuine patriarchy alongside an actual framework of legal and financial influence held by white women. There was a common misconception that white women were sheltered and delicate. They kept the household clean of all the impurities of the outside world. But that is absolutely not true. Slave traders, travelers, merchants, city officials, and former black slaves all attested to the presence of white women in 19th century slave markets. When slavery was at its peak, women also sold and bought black servants from the comfort of their own homes. Many times within local social networks, because of their widespread influence, white women created a completely different market of enslaved wet nurses. Now, you might be wondering why these white women felt the need to tear black women from their families to nurse their children. One actual report said that white women who were constantly having babies felt like a slave in their own homes. Black women could ease that burden. So, it was easier to buy a wet nurse who would take care of such responsibilities. Depending on her financial status, the white woman could hire, borrow, or purchase an enslaved wet nurse. This gave white women the power to pursue social events while someone else took care of their newborn. Some, but not all, white women were incredibly brutal to their enslaved. They were so violent that their husbands had to restrain them. For example, a wealthy white woman often invested in enslaved men and women so that they would be forced to reproduce and give her more slaves. Historical records kept track of a woman called Henrietta Butler, who was forced to have sex with enslaved black men to have a child. She was then forced to nurse her mistress's child, but many other women suffered a similar fate. Masters often raped their enslaved servants to make sure they had an ample supply of wet nurses. White women from affluent households also ran brothels, especially the women who had many male and female slaves. By 1860, Nearly half of all African slaves in the Americas were in the United States. That was about 4 to 6 million people. Based on reports from the 1860 census, 393,973 white individuals owned 3,950,528 black individuals. Only about 1.5% of the white population in the U.S. owned slaves. 
It's been over 150 years since slavery legally ended in 1865, but the true trauma wasn't just the experience of slavery, but also the aftermath, when hopes for equality and acceptance were crushed in the 1880 to 1890s due to a shift in beliefs about blacks and whites. When the Civil War came and it was time to free the enslaved, many white women retaliated. Female slave owners resisted the change by letting the Union authorities know they were loyal. There were many cases where female slave owners sought compensation when the American government abolished slavery in the District of Columbia. Others wanted to keep their property by any means necessary. They went as far as to move their enslaved people away from the areas affected by the war in a practice known as refugeeing. When the Civil War ended, many white women negotiated labor conditions with freed black people. They tried to maintain control over the young African Americans by taking their children as apprentices. Apprenticeship was another form of labor. Although it was better than complete slavery, it was still not freedom. Ex-slaves were expected to work under the same master or mistress, often for meager wages and a specific time set. Many apprentices worked for the same person that used to be their mistress, and it was not that better than the life they had before. W.E. Theologist wrote something about it. He said a slave went free, stood for a brief moment in the sun, then moved back again towards slavery. White I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act offended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. China now has plenty of firepower to throw around. Their navy is the world's biggest, with over 350 battleships and many more are on the way. While the US has 290. China now has the most missiles and the strike range is a huge international concern. Not to mention the most combat aircraft and more tanks than any other nation. But it's the boots on the ground where there's the biggest difference. China has well over 2 million active military personnel. The US, 1.3 million. In Australia, we have around 60,000 in our defence forces. The race to counter China's military might is now on. Quantity does have a quality all of its own. 
And the Chinese have considerably more offensive missiles than we have in the region. They have considerably more air power in the region, and they can have considerably more maritime uh, ships uh, in the region. And they have deployed hypersonic missiles, and we're still developing and testing our hypersonic missiles. So we are, for the first time uh, in a long time, we have a, an overmatched problem that we're dealing with with Chinese. China's looming threat has led to the United States realigning and increasing its forces on the showing China's new nuclear submarine. China is expected to have built 21 of its own nuclear submarines and 200 major warships by 2030. This could lead to an arms race in the region. The world is witnessing a new submarine arms race as major powers seek to enhance their naval capabilities and project their influence in the oceans. Israel recently unveiled its Darkon submarine, which can launch nuclear-tipped cruise missiles from its sail, adding a new dimension to its strategic deterrence. But the most significant development in the submarine domain comes from China, which has reportedly launched its first nuclear-powered guided missile submarines. So how will these new submarines change the balance of power in Asia and the world. What are the implications for the U.S. and its allies who have been trying to track China's submarine fleet for years? And how will other countries respond to this challenge? Join us as we discuss how China has shocked the U.S. and Russia with new nuclear missile armed submarines. China has the world's largest conventional submarine fleet with an estimated 60 to 70 vessels. It also has 20 nuclear powered submarines, including four ballistic missile submarines that can launch nuclear warheads. China has been steadily modernizing its submarine force and is expected to have 76 boats by 2030. Some of its submarines may soon be powered by lithium batteries, which can improve their performance and stealth. China's submarine fleet poses a challenge to the U.S. and its allies, especially in the Indo-Pacific region. Biden's chilling warnings that the U.S. is now facing the prospect of a dangerous conflict not seen since the Cuban Missile Crisis, which brought this country to the brink of war almost exactly 60 years ago. It was 1962 the U.S. discovered the Soviet Union had secretly installed nuclear missiles in Cuba, just 90 miles off the coast of the U.S. Shall be the policy of this nation to regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba against any nation in the Western Hemisphere as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States, requiring a full retaliatory response upon the Soviet Union. The missiles were eventually removed, but today Vladimir Putin has revived the nuclear threat. In a speech last month saying, when the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will certainly use all the means at our disposal. This is not a bluff. President Biden agrees, saying this week that Putin is not joking when he talks about the potential use of tactical and nuclear weapons because his military is significantly underperforming. And that you vote for a war with Iran because your elected representatives did vote for a war with Iran. On Wednesday, the U.S. House of Representatives passed House Resolution 559, which paves the way for a war with Iran over nuclear weapons. So here is the bill. The resolution declares that it is the policy of the United States that a nuclear Islamic Republic of Iran is not acceptable. Okay. Interesting, right? So it's saying our marching orders from right now, 
we collectively have the value that we are going to do anything in our power to prevent Iran from having nuclear weapons, including, it says, all means possible. So what I think that means is militarily. We're going to get to that in a second. But I think it's interesting why we're singling out Iran here, because I want to ask this question. Why is nuclear acceptable for Israel? Uh, you know, it, I think a lot of people don't talk about the fact that Israel has nuclear weapons. In fact, Scott Horton calls it one of the things that is least talked about but most known in Washington. Well, how do we know this? I'm going to introduce you to this guy. This is Mordecai Venunu, if you don't know him. Uh, we know him because he's an Israeli whistleblower. In 1986, he revealed that he knew about Israel's nuclear program because he worked there to the British press. For doing this, he spent 18 years in prison, even though there's no specific law against what he did in Israel. He says while he was in prison, he was subjected to extreme cruelty, including solitary confinement. Uh, he says he thinks that was the case because he's a Christian, that he had it worse because of that. Now, in Israel, they call him a traitor, but Amnesty International has spoken out on his behalf. They call him a prisoner of conscience. Take a look at this. Now, even though he was released from prison in 2004, he was followed by the Israeli government and arrested several times for what they called parole violations when he gave interviews to foreign journalists and he attempted to leave Israel. In fact, he has continued to ask to leave Israel and they won't let him. He served another six months in prison for violating this parole in 2007 and was arrested again for another three months in 2010. He has since sought political asylum in Norway. The Norwegian government was about to grant it, but then they got nervous that they would make an enemy of Israel. So they revoked that invitation. Same story in Sweden. He's been trying to leave Israel for years, but the high court continues to prevent that. Take a look at this article from 2019 when he was denied permission to leave. So he is being kept there against his will for violating no laws as a whistleblower. The international community calls him a whistleblower and says that he deserves protection. This is, as Americans, we have laws on our books that protect whistleblowers. This is one of our fundamental shared values, our core values in order to prevent corruption. So if we really stand for democratic principles, wouldn't we stand for this guy and tell our bestie over there, Israel, you considers impeaching the president over his dealings with Ukraine. Today, Ukraine's president met in Paris for the first time with Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. Both sides are agreeing tonight to pursue a ceasefire in a war that's killed 14,000 people. Elizabeth Palmer reports tonight from Paris. In the company of veteran European politicians and Russia's ex-KGB spymaster president, Ukraine's leader, Volodymyr Zelensky, was clearly a novice. In fact, it was President Putin who reminded him to face the cameras. This is a high-profile summit, and as expected, there was no diplomatic breakthrough. But it was also political theater, everyone watching to see if Zelensky would blink in the face of Russian pressure. Relations have been poisonous since Russia seized the Ukrainian territory of Crimea in 2014 and then sent weapons to Ukrainian separatists. The U.S. sided with Kiev against Moscow and sent military aid to the Ukrainian army, the very aid that's now central in the impeachment hearings. 
Ultimately, the Kremlin wants to expand its influence in Ukraine, but crowds of angry Ukrainians have made it crystal clear they won't have it. President Zelensky came here to Paris vowing that he would face down Russia, but he sure could have used some visible support from his most powerful ally, the United States. However, fallout from that now notorious phone call left him looking very much alone. Nora? Uh, rise in opposition to this resolution. First and foremost, can we please stop misrepresenting Representative Tlaib's words? She does not want to kill Jews. She is not in support of Hamas. She is speaking as someone who is the only Palestinian American to serve in this body. Without her voice, we would lack even more empathy for the people of Palestine. We would not have someone with direct personal experience speaking against the siege that is happening now in Gaza. This body needs empathy and compassion for all people, not just people that look like the majority of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. And maybe because of your lack of diversity, you lack the cognitive and emotional ability to recognize diverse opinions when they speak truth to power. And you absolutely need to open up your mind to other people and other experiences, especially when they are Muslim and when they are women and when they are people of color. You had a member of your party call my colleague a terrorist and you didn't censor her. But we're having this conversation now about your interpretation of words. Members are reminded. Map of Africa, Central Africa. There are two Congos, Congo Brazzaville, and Democratic Republic of the Congo, also known as the DRC. The DRC is the most resource-rich country in the entire world. And for that reason, its people have never known peace. Right now, there's modern-day slavery going on in the Katanga province, which is down here, of the DRC, because the US, UK, France, Israel, China, everybody wants DRC's resources. They want the Colton, they want the cobalt, they want the gold, they want the diamonds, they want everything that's in the DRC. In the eastern part of the DRC as well, they want everything that is in there. They, they have uprooted everybody who used to live in these communities so that they build mines. And here, with the, in the border with Rwanda, rebels funded by both the governments of the DRC and Rwanda. M23, they are causing destruction, mass essaying women, enslaving children with the permission of both governments and of course under the oversight of the US, the UK, France, Israel, China and all of them. Speak your outrage, boycott these companies, Tell them that you know, tell them that you know that they're using children to mine Colton and to mine cobalt for your electronics. Boycott Apple. Tell them that you know. I'll be sharing more resources and other tangible methods. This is why I be trying to tell the people in Africa. This is why I be trying to tell all these people in Africa. Y'all got all this stuff and can't get along with each other. All this stuff 
to bring peace, wealth, and everything to the continent of Africa. But you got all these leeches up there. I don't understand that. I do not understand that. Y'all so much in a delusional state, y'all don't even know y'all sitting on well. These people say, these people who's not from the country, it's like, well, they don't know what they got. They some clowns. They, they, they down syndrome. So just go on and let take these things away from them. You got China and all these other people. And y'all should have been rallying up together, the whole continent, telling them to get out, get these resources, and build the Mother Earth up, but you can't do it. Because you're too wicked as hell to be fighting amongst each other, trying to get authority, and they using y'all as a puppet master. First, you got to get rid of the dude in Kenya and the dudes that follow Kenya policies, these other leaders, the other two, three leaders. And then you got to get Israel out of there. In order for you to have a good and safe Israel is the problem too, because that's the part of America. But y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't making no noise. Y'all just want to sit in here and let people sit in the chair. Y'all want to just sit in the chair with your hands in your lap and let these dudes pee in your face. Did you know that history's biggest scam was done by the Britishers by colonizing India? When Britishers entered with East India Company in the name of trade, Britain's economy was only 2% in the 1700s, but it spiked when they colonized India for more than 200 years. India produced about 25% of global industrial output from the first century AD to mid 18th century. Under colonial rule, India went from selling its finished products and getting paid in valuable metals to selling raw materials and buying finished products from other countries. During World War II, millions of people in the Bengal region died of famine when Winston Churchill boosted the buffer stock of wheat for future storage and letting people die in India. When Britishers left in 1947, India's share of the world's income went from 25% in 1700 AD to just 3% in 1950. If the British never had come to India, today India will be one of the richest countries in the world. The British built railways in India primarily for their benefit, and Indian taxpayers funded the construction through heavy taxes. Most of the profits went to the Britishers' pocket. It is estimated that in 200 years, Britishers looted a huge amount of $45 trillion from India. A fun fact is that they even took the Hindi language word loot and used it in their dictionary. All the wealth and empire that was built by Britishers, not just in Britain but in Australia, Canada and other colonized nations was made from the looted wealth from India. After all this, India is still fifth largest economy on the planet. Relentlessly fleeing for their lives, residents of Bambo, town north of Goma in the Democratic Republic of Congo, carried what they could Thursday as they ran to reach government-controlled areas. M23 rebels have launched a new offensive against the town as fighting with pro-government armed groups continued further south. We were in Bambo when we heard the bombs detonate, so we fled straight away. Now we are on our way to Kirima, 
but we don't know where our final destination will be. When we had the bombs in our town, we took to the road to escape. We don't know whether the enemy has taken bamboo or not, but we do know that they're already there. We've seen the enemy. They are in the town of Bambo. Our soldiers went to the front, but after a while, they came back to town. We waited a little longer. Then the soldiers came back to tell us to evacuate because the M23 fighters were firing bombs and these bombs were falling on people since they were firing in all directions. Despite a deal signed with the government in 2013, fighters in the ranks of the March 23 movement took up arms again in 2021. They had taken the town of Bambo in November 2022 before withdrawing in April this year. The ongoing fighting against pro-government militias in Eastern DRC has forced thousands to flee. So, why ain't nobody talking about Congo? Why ain't nobody talking about what's going on in Congo? And the people in Congo? You know, that's why I don't understand. Boy. I don't understand the people in Africa and that continent over there. I don't understand them. I don't understand those people. No wonder y'all some strange people. No wonder America, we look at y'all strange because the world, when the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman put y'all out in the world as Stupid, ignorant, wild people. Tarzan movie. A non-pigmentation man in a Tarzan movie beating up all these strong men of you. Hmm. And mess your mind up when you're a young man. White supremacy. KKK, colonialism. But I don't understand. They want to sit up here and fight amongst each other. And all these other countries are blowing up like the World Trade Center and y'all clowns sitting up here want to go behind France and America and Israel and these other leaders that needs to be out of there. The more people fam in America, I'm going to tell you this about Africa. The more I get content on Africa, the more I see the content on Africa. I'm mad at, I'm mad at the brothers. I'm disappointed at the brothers. And I'm so hurt. You hear this, fam? There's a whole lot of things surfing up that you hate. 
crochet phase. I said, there's a lot of stuff coming on that y'all ain't ready for. And I'm trying to get y'all ready like a coach on a, on a football team. Giving you play-by-play action. Giving you mindset and analyzation sessions. It's about to, it's on game time, man. I keep telling you, it's game time. And this is, I hear about the Muslims. And I'm, I'm getting more content for y'all fam about how the, 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 the Arabs and the Muslims and all them other, what's going on, their mindset, how they feeling. Because this is Bible prophecy, right? Now, if we saying that this is Bible prophecy and we analyzing the Bible prophecy and seeing how the Most High saying that we got next and America must fall, we got to see it. Because I've been hollering this since last year, right fam? The ones that have been rolling with me all this time, they know I've been hollering for it last year. America about fall, but everybody in there. Some of them see it. Some of them, the ego fade talking silly. America looking strong. Look at the economy. They got so much money, they give Ukraine a billion dollars. That's how good money they got. They've got swole pockets. Again, they got so much money, they gave Ukraine another couple of billion dollars. We got a whole bunch of money. I don't know what this joker talking about. America on his last leg. America about to drop. Looking at my bank account. I shoot. Them five zero still cranking up in them account. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he talking about. Yeah. I hear you, bro. But all that boasting. All that bragging. All that naysaying, all that disrespect, and all that folly you talking. We gonna see when reality hit. Just like the days of Noah, we gonna see what's your mindset. Are you gonna be a burden? Are you going to be a liability? Are you going to have some kind of plan of action to help you, your family, and other people that's in need? Now, I got a sad song to talk to my people. I want the black man, the black woman, the, the Latino man, Latino woman, the Native Indian man, and the Native Indian woman. Come huddle up at this table for a moment. I'm gonna give y'all time to huddle up. All right. I'm going through 
this content right. And you seeing what's going on in Israel and Palestine and how Israel is ravaging and killing and destroying and doing all these things to these people. Right? And some of these countries that got bickering between each other, fighting against each other, trying to strong arm against each other, it's in their logical, logical thinking mind now. Now, if these people can stop all they rhetoric and stand as one nation for the cause of their people. Why can't we get it? Why are we scared? Why are we fearful? They demanding it. Y'all sitting up here with you? Yeah. Your tail between your legs like a dog been hit by a rock. But we ain't trying to hear that. We ain't trying to see that. All we want to do is be on that individuality. But let's analyze. We're here outside the Saudi embassy. We're outside the Pakistan High Commission in London. It's a letter delivered to the ambassador of the Egyptian embassy today. Outside the Turkish embassy, delivered the following 10-point letter to the Turkish ambassador. In the face of the brutal Zionist aggression in the blessed land of Palestine, the Muslim nations globally have a duty and responsibility to help our ummah in its time of need. We in Hizb-Dahri Britain strongly condemn the inaction of the Muslim governments until now and present the following 10-point plan that must be immediately implemented. Number one, immediately renege on all peace treaties with the Zionist entity and expel their representatives. Number two, hold all forms of intelligence collaboration, access to waterways and airspace. Number three, and all forms of cooperation, including commercial and cultural ties. Number four, stop all oil supplies to the Zionist entity. Number five, enforce a naval blockade in the eastern Mediterranean and Gulf of Aqaba. Number six, open the borders for the neighboring Muslim armies and surround the Zionist entity. Collaborate with Pakistan to mobilize and deploy its tactical nuclear weapons to the region to deter the genocidal occupation from even thinking about utilizing nuclear weapons. Decouple all exports to international markets from the dollar. The Muslim world must convene a quick summit and explore all options to remind America of the geopolitical nightmare such that she will have to choose between assisting the Zionist entity, safeguard, safeguarding Europe, or protecting Asia-Pacific countries. And lastly, stop recognition of international law which the West trounces at will. Hizbut Tahrir Britain, 6th November, 2023. Won't you stand? Won't you stand by me? I just need a little more time. I just need a little more time with you.
We know that this is going to lead to one of the worst humanitarian crisis events that we have ever witnessed, especially being very, very publicly televised and broadcasted. <clears throat> now, is it going to stop there? No. Let me tell you what's happening next. We are starting to see right now them attack and call for attacks inside of America. We saw it yesterday in Canada, didn't we? But newspapers don't really want to tell you about that. The media doesn't really want to discuss it too much because then the people are going to be like, hold on, you're telling me when I go to work, I need to start thinking about carrying my own self-defense tool and I might even have to use it? Why? So that I can go and pay taxes and I can go and pay mortgage and I can go and pay electricity and I can go pay all these things and you can't even keep it safe out here? When the people start to realize that that is what's happening, they're going to lose their mind. And then you start to see civil unrest and you start to see all those other things happen that we saw during the 2020 and 2021 riots. This isn't over, folks. And pretty soon you are going to see these stores get attacked. People are going to go in there and start taking what they want, what they say they need. And this is just, just the beginning. So let's get back to what the White House says. They say Israel is going to begin daily four-hour pause events. The U.S. understands that Israel will begin to implement these pauses. In an announcement, John Kirby told reporters that they have been told by their allies that the duration of these pause events will start yesterday. As a reminder, the Israeli military said that these are tactical, local pauses for humanitarian aid. This is not a ceasefire. The Israeli military says that it opened an evacuation corridor, one that allows civilians that were inside of the attack zone out. They are allowed to move south. The Israeli Defense Force, which has been telling these people to do it for weeks, says that this will be allowed only until it is used by their opposition for attacks. Now, here in the USA... It's not peaches and cream, but speaking of peaches, we've got Georgia over here. The U.S. state of Georgia, they are now under fentanyl attacks. Have you heard about that yet? If you haven't, don't be surprised. If you have, then I'm glad you're aware. Fentanyl attacks. People are mailing. You know how easy it is to get some Fetty on the street? Guys, you could just walk around anywhere and go grab some Fetty. Is it legal? No. Should you? No. You shouldn't even be any, You shouldn't even be in the same city block as this stuff. But people are buying it and they're putting it inside of letters and they're sending it in attacks to their politicians. They're also sending it to people they hate. We have seen an uptick in unrealized fentanyl exposure inside the USA in just the last couple of weeks. Now this is very scary. Because now you're starting to get to the point, you remember back during the anthrax days when uh, everybody was wearing, uh, you know, some sort of like shirt over their face and wearing, uh, you know, latex or uh, non-latex gloves to open up their mail. That's about where we're at right now. It's not safe to open up your mail. It's not safe to do those things because people are literally mailing fentanyl to their enemies. So what happens when you get exposed, especially in high dosages? Well... If you don't have Narcan on you, you might just be counting yourself your last goodbye. You think you're going to sleep, you get real tired, probably don't even notice what's going on, definitely don't have the wherewithal to call somebody and say that some, you've been exposed to something. This is happening right now. Let me read you the official story. 
The Georgia Secretary of State has said that letters containing fentanyl have been sent to election officials in multiple counties in an act that they are calling an act of domestic terrorism. These developments are after multiple county officials in Washington state were evacuated when workers received letters with these powders, according to the Associated Press. It has been confirmed to be fentanyl. We became aware of the situation that there is actually still envelopes that are traveling through the mail and headed to multiple counties. It has been tested and it does contain fentanyl. It is still in transit. Some of these have not arrived yet. They are trying to get those intercepted. But until then, this is a very dangerous situation. We have put and prepared our people here so that if they receive mail on alert, they have the resources they need along with Narcan. So we have fentanyl attacks deadly, dangerous attacks taking place right here in the United States of America. And what are our politicians doing about this to help you? How are they keeping you safe? You hear the crickets? They're not because they don't give an F. They can't give two Fs. They don't, they don't care. They want that money. They want that power. They want their control. And they want to keep you divided because once you start to realize that this is all a bread and circus game for your mind and for your soul and your taxes and your blood and your property after you die or can't pay to uh, keep it in your name anymore, they've won. They play the long game while we play these day-by-day, can't-afford-to-eat-tomorrow games. And this is exactly what they want. And now we have a general awakening among the people, especially opportunistic predators that are starting to look at the events that are unfolding around us. And they're saying, you know what? How can I take advantage of this? And what can I do today to start to get back at my enemies, the people who have done me wrong over the last one, two, three, fifty years? We're seeing people attack their parents for things that they did 30 years ago. We're starting to see these real nasty predators out here who are just acting in malicious and disgusting, violent ways. We're starting to see some attacks take place in the United States of America that I would say we haven't seen in years, decades. The sheer amount of violence that is happening will send most people into a PTSD. You had to realize this, y'all. This is a Caucasian man talking all that talk, talking about this never happened in America and this and that, all this red. See, they always forget what their forefathers heinously did to my forefathers. The ruthless, outskirt thing that they did. And he want to project, it never happened like this, it never happened like this, and then like... They are predators. They are the predators. But you see how they always and denial and la la land and disbelief see wickedness don't want to remind the wicked people that they wicked but that wasn't even the biggest story of the week no it's even bigger than all of that bigger than the nuclear brinksmanship russia struck a deal with dubai to essentially control the Arctic shipping routes. Now, you'll recall a few months ago, I did a deep dive here on the show, how vitally important the new Arctic shipping lanes are, a massive Middle East and Russian alliance. The US has utterly failed to do anything in the Arctic Circle. This is a new trade route, which will control trade between the East and the West and the North and the South, and it won't rely on the Suez or Panama canals. It won't have to go through the Straits of Hormuz, which can take upwards of a month for deliveries. This trade route takes only days. 
Russia is in the lead to add this territory to its already massive mineral resource territory. Imagine running this shipping lane, and the United States is way behind. Here's Rex Tillerson to explain how far behind the United States is. What I can tell you is the United States is behind. We're behind all the other Arctic nations. They, are, they have dealt with this. They've gotten way ahead of us. The Russians made it a strategic priority. Even the Chinese are building ice-breaking tankers. Now, why are they building icebreakers? They're not an Arctic nation because they see the value of these passages. So if Russia officially adds the Arctic area to the Russian territory, then they'll have their hand on roughly 16% of the world's untapped oil, 30% of the world's undiscovered gas that lies buried beneath the ocean. In addition to which, a vast mineral deposits there of nickel, platinum, and many other rare earth metals completely upending the global world order. We'll come back to nickel in a minute because it's incredibly important. This would be Putin's crown jewel, something no one is talking about, an Arctic supply chain passage. Some smart people like Rex Tillerson understand that, but people are ignoring this, and it completely separates Russia from the West, a unipolar delight. Now, if Russia controls the fastest supply chain trade route in the world, everything changes. So that's the news update. Citizens and travel, this just coming out yesterday. In the past 24 hours, we've seen the U.S. Department of the State, Bureau of the Consular Affairs. This is from travel.state.gov, linked in the description below. They've said there is a worldwide caution due to the increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for a terrorist attack, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests is at a high alert. Now, this also came out yesterday, and that is information for U.S. citizens in the Middle East. And yes, this is as a result of all the tensions that are increasing with the Israel and Hamas war between the United States and Iran and other nations all surrounding this conflict that many are saying could lead to World War III. Now, things have intensified over the past 24 hours, despite the fact that we heard that there will be pauses, ceasefires by Israel. But take a look at what's coming out today. Last night, U.S. troops face further attacks in Iraq as our troops are getting hit again, they're saying, by Iranians. And Iran today, take a look at this, warns of an inevitable expansion of the Israel-Gaza war. Coming out from Fox News today, Iran Foreign Minister warns Israel-Hamas war expansion has become inevitable and take a look at this due to the expansion of the intensity of the war against Gazan civilian residents expansion of the scope of this war has become inevitable he said now it's unclear what he meant by inevitable expansion of the conflict but we've heard warnings from them that the US they hold accountable for what's taking place in the Gaza Strip defending Israel and they have said that the United States will not be spared from the fire that they will be hit hard we've heard that Iran openly supports and funds Hamas, who they believe is already here in the United States. We heard from the FBI that potential attacks could be coming on U.S. soil. We are on high alert. Now y'all hear that, fam? They already know what's going on. <clears throat> they already know how it's going to hit. But we, as common man and common woman, y'all sitting up here charading. Oh, they got it. They got it. I ain't gonna worry about it. They got it. They got it all right. They got it so bad they're gonna put it on you. And I don't understand this. But I tell you this. The Muslims, Gaza, in America. 
I'm going to tell you this. This is my warning. Tread light. Tread light. When you're dealing with God-chosen children. And y'all already know the black man, the black woman, the Latino man, the Latino woman, and the native Indian man and the native Indian woman is the true children of God. So, whatever y'all plan on doing, whatever kind of plot y'all going with, don't mess around. And be touching God's children. Because what you're trying to do, the Most High is going to have you set to do something else. We already know it's supposed to be a Muslim war, a Zionist. Muslims supposed to be out there doing anything. Right? We already know that. We ain't got no military. We ain't got no fight. Power fight. And y'all was the ones to introduce us into America. So tread light. Y'all tread light. I'm telling you. Y'all tread light when you're going with dealing with the true children of God's children. And if you if you so gully up and you think oh yeah, 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 all that other you got going on, and you think the warning that I'm telling you is not valid, go ahead and do what you gotta do and see what's gonna happen. That's all. And it's not gonna pre- it's not gonna be good for y'all. It's not. So tread light when you do your wickedness against the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. Because that's y'all fight. We ain't got nothing to do. We ain't got we ain't been over there messing with y'all in under in over 400 years. Because y'all put us in this place. So, tread light. Amos 1 and 11 already said in the King James Version about God's tread light when you're dealing with God's chosen children. And again, this is your war against the Caucasian man The non-pigmentation man, the Caucasian woman, and the non-pigmentation woman. This is your fight with them. So tread light. And this is what I want y'all family to listen to now. How they saying these politicians and these uh, military leaders and stuff like that. Now, I want y'all to huddle up. And listen to this real good, fam. And check this out and analyze and see what they're going on. Of course, 
He talking white gibberish. But just listen to him. Let's analyze. Commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele. And business was booming until today. It's alleged that the prospective sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey and provide information online, including their driver's license photos, their employer information, credit card information, and they often paid a monthly fee to be part of this illicit club. The affidavit that's unsealed in court today alleges that once the buyers were verified, they were then texted and allowed to place orders for, with commercial sex workers. They would choose the duration of the encounter they wanted, the types of services they wanted, and they also would receive a menu of different options and different women that they could purchase. Sometimes it rates between $350 and $600 an hour. The menu included photographs of the various women who were available that day. And the defendants um, then directed the sex buyers to various apartments in Watertown and Cambridge in Virginia where they engaged in commercial sex. According to the charging documents, the buyers who made up this ring hail from an array of professions. They are doctors, they are lawyers, they are accountants, they are elected officials, they are executives at high-tech companies and pharmaceutical companies, they are military officers, government contractors, professors, scientists. Pick a profession, they are probably represented in this case. They are the men who fueled this commercial sex ring. And the government alleges that there are potentially hundreds of individuals who took these services as commercial sex buyers. The buyers in this case are not charged today. They're not named in the affidavit. But I want to emphasize, this is an investigation that's just getting going, and we're in the very early stages. Follow for... Y'all hear this, man? And, um... Heard some, um... That I want y'all to listen to. Because I tell y'all this anyway. I tell you this because I done heard it before. I continue hearing it, and I'm hearing it from different outlets. So, you are next, U.S. attack Iran today in World War III. This came out three days ago, y'all. This is a wake-up call, all of America, all of Europe. You are next. How many on the terror watch list got in? We don't know the answer to that question. That is very dangerous uh, as a national security expert, which is what the FBI Director Ray talked about coming from Hamas. The ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States here on our own soil. Some pretty incredible developing news in the past 24 hours. Breaking news coming out that things are intensifying with the U.S. and Iran, with the war going on between Israel and Hamas in the Middle East. The U.S., they're saying, will be next for attacks, and we've already heard this warn from the FBI, and now from hostage family members saying the U.S. 
You are next on the list. Take a look at the articles coming out in the past 24 hours. U.S. forces under fire in the Middle East as America slides towards the brink. This just coming out three hours ago. Now, the U.S. yesterday evening carries out airstrikes in eastern Syria targeting IRGC and Iranian-backed groups' weapons storage facilities. Now, the U.S. is striking Iran, and this is happening because U.S. Reaper drones shot down near Yemen by Iranian-backed Houthi militants, defense officials say, and we're hearing that the attacks against the U.S. are intensifying. Fine. That is right. The warnings by the U.S. to Iran not to attack us, well, Iran actually has stepped up their attacks. Take a look at this. Iran-backed groups threaten to expand the Gaza war as they step up attacks on Israel and the United States. And we're hearing that Iran has taken the threats by the Biden administration as empty. And with every threat for them to stop, they are increasing their attacks on us. And take a look. Just four days ago, I let you know that Iran says that the U.S. will be hit hard if there is no ceasefire in Gaza. And we saw the Iranian foreign minister on U.S. soil at the U.N. meeting tell the United States in front of all the U.N. that you will not be spared from the fire if this war in Gaza does not stop. And what we're hearing is this war is nowhere close to over. Things are intensifying between the U.S. and Iran. Now, I'm going to share with you the latest breaking news coming out in the past 24 hours so you know exactly what's going on. And a lot of people are saying this is going to lead to World War III as things are intensifying around the world. Now, I know this is not the news that anybody wants to hear, but if you appreciate the knowledge, and I believe that knowledge is power and knowing what's going on is half the battle, then do me a quick favor. Smash the like button. Just takes a second. If you're being said, let's go ahead and get you caught up on the latest coming out in the past 24 hours as things are intensifying with the U.S. Warnings that the U.S. is next, and some are saying that we could be looking at World War III. Let's go ahead and dive right in. U.S. forces have struck a weapons facility warehouse in Syria. Well, this came just hours after Iranian-backed militias or militants launched their 42nd attack on U.S. bases over there since October 17th. And our people are getting hurt. This includes an American Reaper drone that was shot down yesterday, cost millions. It happened over Yemen. We looks like we were in their airspace, and that was taken down by a drone, too. Let's bring in retired Army General uh, Anthony Tata. Great to see you, General. Uh, your thoughts about our second retaliation after a total of 42 attacks since October 7th? Yeah, Brian, so these are the lowest threshold flexible deterrent options that DOD has. You can go after equipment and ammo in Syria. You can go after people, Shia militia groups in Syria. Next up would be Shia militia groups in Iraq. Next up would be directly confronting Iran, who is behind all of this. And so that's it's the lowest threshold possible. Uh, and there's no messaging to Iran matching the yeah. strikes that are going in on the equipment. We, why the story matters deeply to every single American. Now, let's dive deep into something absolutely crucial, the connection between our national debt and the unfolding banking saga. J.P. Morgan Chase, a colossus in the banking sector, has confessed to a mammoth $40 billion in unrealized bond losses. It's a figure that's ballooned by 20% just from the previous quarter. You heard that right. Now, this wasn't blasted over headlines. It was buried almost sheepishly in a footnote on their third quarter financial supplement. But the plot thickens. Bank of America isn't faring much better with a jaw-dropping, ready for this, $131.6 billion in unrealized losses. It seems to be getting better, smarter, and more sophisticated. In a groundbreaking feat, a Chinese team has developed drones with human brains. 
But why are these brains called human brain drones? Most drone swarms are typically designed to simulate bee and ant colonies. The Chinese team, however, designed the human brain drone swarms with the ability to talk and collaborate, just like humans. These drones can communicate and collaborate. They're designed to engage in group chats, to discuss and assign tasks among themselves, much like us. Each drone comes equipped with a human brain-like technology, allowing them to chat with each other using natural language. The chat, the chat ability enables both operators and drones to communicate with each other in human language, resulting in the breaking down of barriers between humans and machines. Reports say the human brain-like technology is based on a Chinese open-source large language model called Intern LM, developed by a team of researchers at the School of Artificial Intelligence, Optics and Electronics at Northwestern Polytechnical University in Shangxi Province. These drones can be used during security patrols, disaster rescue and even aerial logistics. These drones come equipped with multiple sensors and algorithms for low altitude search, obstacle avoidance and visual positioning. In other words, these drones can detect their surroundings from different angles and positions, allowing them to collect data and execute tasks efficiently. Meanwhile, the Chinese government is working towards establishing itself as a global leader in humanoid robot technology by 2027. The ultimate goal is to create humanoid robots capable of operating in harsh and dangerous conditions. Why we have this corrupt media, you could go to Wikipedia and find Operation Mockingbird, that the CIA has been in there forever. Then Obama repealed the 1948 Smith-Munt Act, which then permitted propaganda to be in broadcasting. It no longer said that it had to be credible. And so when he came out and said fake news, he warned us at the end of his speech that it is going to be very hard. The establishment, the media, the globalists are all going to come after. They're going to try to intimidate, but he needed to smoke them out. And guess what happened? The next day, Congress, on the Democrat side, wanted to create a law that he couldn't run. Then what happened was the Republicans came out and said they were going to investigate Hunter Biden. And Friday, the Department of Justice AG launched an investigation and he put the most corrupt prosecutor who hates Trump on it. Donald Trump actually plays chess on a 5D level and you never can anticipate what his next move is going to be. He said that his Mar-a-Lago um, was seized upon was that they really wanted to get the PEDS, the Presidential Emergency Act document, which is only what Trump knows and the military that he had to put in place because before he left he declared two national emergencies and you know what Biden hasn't reversed that Biden has signed on to three of his executive orders to continue them going so we have some very fascinating things that are going to come out see why we have this see y'all see y'all see y'all don't 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 slip I know half of y'all slipped on I was going to stop it but I knew half of y'all slept on. What did we sleep on, Faze? What did we sleep on? What he said, how Obama and his crafty counsel. Now the news 
can sit out here and put out propaganda that is not true because Obama over overturned that and made it, it lawful to do that. So why would Obama do that, y'all? Why would that black president do that? Allow propaganda, lies, and stuff to be in the news when they already made a law, they can't do it. See? The more knowledge and information out here gonna turn over the wicked. Now, he killed Gaddafi. Now, you see what he did? He overturned a law to make it all right to be on the news and spread lies and propaganda and untrue stuff. Like the COVID vaccine, untrue. Like all these lies and stuff in the wars and on the news, untrue. Who done it? The Barack? I told you. Even though when Bush was, Bush was in there, he was wicked as hell too. But you see how wicked Barack Obama is. And he <coughs> smooth talk y'all into everything like he trying to do the right thing. He smooth talk y'all. Now, the thing that he did is coming up to pass. And he's sitting up here acting like he ain't done nothing. Ask him that, fam, when you talk to him. I don't know if I ever told a story about the churches. I don't think so. Clear the Atlanta. We wanted to buy a church out here, a building. Oh, wow. It cost a million dollars. We said, we can't afford that because we, we grassroots. Mm. So the, the minister said, hey, no, no, no. I, we said, minister, how are you able to afford this million dollar building? He said, you go to the bank. I said, no, no, no. We, we went to the bank. All these bank, a bank, they say the churches have unreliable income because mm -hmm. one week it may be good, next week it might be bad because it's based on donations. Right. He said, no, no, no. He said, Christians have a bank strictly for Christians. Oh, wow. So he gave us the address. Brothers go down there and the, the clause is in order to get the money funded for a church, millions of dollars, you have to teach what they want you to teach. They said to us, our church, our teachings must align with theirs. Mm. Jesus is white. Mm. Uh, December 25th, um, Christmas, yeah. uh, the laws are done away with. Mm. I'm like, we don't teach that. You can't get no money from us then. And the churches have never revealed. That was on a sneak tip the minister told us. And we found out, whoa, there's so much ins and out with the churches. It'll shock people. Study the Bible so I know it well. Yeah, can't let nobody make myself a cell. Can't even lie, yeah, I still struggle, but I know myself. I fear God, I told him I don't wanna go to hell. Pray for the sermon, I'll be asking what's the gift in me. Must be this music, cause the world think I'm so sick with it. I switch my style, some people love it, some trying to get with it. I think what matters most is I'm living out what's God written. I make mistakes, but I embrace them, I'm still human. I'm still human. I escape from that place that made me feel ruined. 
So every day I still chase what I think I'm losing And pray to God in the end that I don't look stupid Why do I feel I'm unable, double-minded, I'm unstable Wanna put all me on the table so God can make me an angel Was living life like Cain cause I was jealous of Abel God told me, look up, child, I just wanna save you I need to hear your voice in life so I could get through this For you, I shoot for the stars every time and I don't miss Every time I drop a hit, I still don't feel the bliss And deep down I know it's only cause I'm still living in sin You transform my pen, they laughed at me, now I'm laughing with them Transform my gifts so now I can't even rap with them I need to use my talents cause the devil be distracting them